Hello. Use the false Hey, this is Jonathan. And this is Alan, and welcome to the Nerd to Me podcast. Jonathan, what are we talking about today? <laughs> you okay? <laughs> you all know I got these scars. Um, <laughs> that was good. Thank you. Alan, we're doing another untitled, whatever we're calling this segment, have you seen it, whatever, crime in the scene. We're taking a scene from a great movie and we're uh, dissecting it a little bit. And this week we're talking about the interrogation scene from, I guess it's called just The Dark Knight, right? I was going to say Batman, The Dark Knight, but it's just called The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight, that's correct. Yes. So it's the Joker v. Batman interrogation scene. Now, how would you say, like, if you had to give the listeners an idea as to where your head is at, how do you rank Heath Ledger's Joker? Out of what? At, all Jokers? Yeah, movie all, villains? all Jokers, right. Jokers, Jokers. I'd say he's probably, probably the best. It's close between him and Jack. Nicholson. Yeah, my brain wants to say Klugman, but I'm like, no, it's not Jack. <laughs> it's not Oscar. I can see him doing the character, though. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jack Nicholson. Uh, but what's great about him is that there's such different versions of Joker that it, they really kind of stand on equal footing, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they're 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 very much the Joker of their time. Like that's Jack Nicholson perfected the Joker for 1989, and Heath Ledger gave us the 2008 version. May not be the Joker we wanted, but the one we deserved. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a lot of that going on, by the way, people. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I remember with this casting. I mean, I think the big talk at the time was. You know, no one can top Jack Nicholson's uh, performance. You know, from the Batman movie, and right. uh, and just just how Heath Ledger pulled off this Joker, it's downright creepy. I mean, like if you had to think like what the Joker would be like in real life, like not even like a movie thing, his comes pretty close to like what a psychopath would act like and look like and things like that. Right, I think. Uh, with Nicholson, he played it much more chaotic and comedic. Comic booky. Where, yeah, yeah, more comic booky. Whereas the Joker, I'm sorry. Whereas Heath Ledger, look, he's definitely psychotic. But there's a you know in 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 a way he's bringing chaos to the city. But there's an orderly way he's doing it. Like he's a meticulous planner. He knows exactly what he wants to do, and he anticipates the moves of everybody. And it's not just Batman, obviously. It's the commissioner. It's the police force. It's the gang leaders. It's much more of a, what does Alfred say? Some people just want to watch the world burn, you know? Mm-hmm. Or is that, from the, is that from this movie or the other one? I'm getting confused. <laughs> I think yeah. it's from this one. Well, Heath Ledger's and, uh, Joker, to me, was, he was more of a cerebral kind of Joker. Yes, yeah. very much cerebral. And sadistic. I think there's more sadism in what he does. You know, the you know before the interrogation scene, after they catch him and they're just unloading his pockets, they're just pulling knife after knife. <laughs> I'm like, oh my! And he even even comments on, you know, why he was he was like using a gun later in the movies. Like, I like the knife because you can see who a person is at that you know in that last moment. Oh boy! Um, yeah, just that maniacal evil genius. You know. And where does uh, Christian Bale land in in your you know? Best Batman. 
He's top three. Who, who are you? I, I mean, I'm rotating him with Keaton. Depends on my mood. I'm rotating him with Keaton. And then, look, I like Batfleck. I didn't like him in Justice League, and but that's not his fault. It's the writing. Mm-hmm. But I thought he made a good Batman. I mean, you know, it's not his fault that the writing was bad in Justice League or, yeah. or Batman Superman. But from what it is, I mean, you know, uh, who's who directed that JLA stuff? Uh, JLA was Zack Snyder slash Joss Whedon. Oh, that's right. I mean, so you have to go by that Batman. I mean, whether you think that he could have been a better Batman, you have to go by what was presented in the movie, you know? I see. Okay. Yeah. So do you, do you feel that Batfleck can be better than Chris, uh, what's his name? Um, Beale? No, Bale? Well, Sorry. Beale. Well, yeah, Jennifer <laughs> Beale from Flashdance. <laughs> uh, it's... I don't know, because there's such great different takes on Batman. The thing is, you can definitely say from the early Batman, from 89 to 98 or 97, you know, Keaton's the best Batman out of Kilmer and Clooney and him. Mm -hmm. Um, But then the character changes to, uh, like, could Bale have been the Batman of 89? I don't know. Mm. Um, But he was a good Batman for the Mm mid-2000s or early 2000s. And... uh, yeah, and just Batman. I mean, Batfleck was just. I, I, I think. Look, we we walked out of Batman v Superman saying that Batman was the best part of that movie. So I got to give him props for that. Uh, no. <laughs> really? To me, one I thought Wonder Woman was the best part of the movie. Well, yeah, that's true too. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, but you know, I, I guess you can say Christian Bale has the. I, I guess he has the advantage of being directed by someone like Christopher Nolan. You know, so I, 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 I see your point of view on that, but right, and he had the best writing. You know, I think. Yeah, I think the back the Dark Knight trilogy is is vastly superior in writing than that. I'll say Batman one and two because they're both done by Tim Burton. Right. You know. Right. Um, yeah. 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 You're right. Especially yeah, especially Batman Returns. But, okay. um, I, I yeah, it's and I don't know. I was thinking about it because I was rewatching preparing for the show, and I'm like. I don't know that Christian Bale could stand next to someone playing Superman. You know what I mean? I don't know if you could throw him into because, oh, and maybe it's just the movie itself because the trilogy is grounded except for the existence of a Batman. It's really grounded in reality. You know, that was one of the things people were saying after Batman begins. Oh, it's not a great superhero movie. It's just like a great crime movie, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, or not mm-hmm. Batman begins. I'm sorry, dark Knight. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're right. They're like, you know, you could take the super heroic elements out of it and just make, you know, you can make the Joker, Hounds, Gruber, Batman, um, what's his face? Uh, John McClane, and it still works. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, that's why, I guess as I get older, I, I, comparing things is just, I see more unequal, unequality in, in it that it's not fair to compare them. Mm-hmm. Right. But I love, Ke- I, I do love Bale uh, as Batman. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's see. So we are doing, um, I don't even know, what were we calling this thing again? I don't know. We're, 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 and maybe the voters can help us. We were calling it crime. <laughs> we, we started calling it crime of the scene, but then it sounded like we were talking negatively about the scenes. Right, right. Right. And then uh, I believe my cousin Kevin suggested, Have you seen it? And you have seen, seen it. Yeah. Tell me, have you seen it? And uh, yeah, I don't know that we're, you know, let the voters, you know, put that up on Instagram when you get a chance. <laughs> and we'll see what they say. And, um, 
if they vote neither one, then we call it nothing. We call it this week's episode. <laughs> I hear you. Okay, would you like to frame this particular scene? Right. Well, in in all scenes, we should talk about a little bit what leads up to it. Because, again, as I'm rewatching this movie, I forgot about the nonstop thrills. And literally nonstop, because... In order to catch the Joker, they had that wonderful chase scene on the street. Well, it's supposed to be the streets of Gotham, but it's the streets of Chicago in mm-hmm. real life. Uh, and it's just a fantastic scene where the Joker busting out rocket launchers. It's I think it's the first time we see the bat launcher, uh, the bat cycle, um, or whatever they called it, and uh, the bat pod, I think. Uh, you know, where we think, you know, for the first time you see the movie, you think Gordon died earlier in the movie, and he... Mm-hmm comes out and and uh it's just a wonder you know when that that semi trailer flipping over itself that was like real that really happened Pretty it wasn't safe. cgi yeah so you know you have that thrilling scene and then the re- re- the reveal that gordon's alive um harvey dent was being taken to jail because he i think he admitted to being the batman first i can't remember the reason why um and so this leads us to uh the joker in the jail um and I guess the first scene we have of him in there is when they're emptying his pockets and they're just pulling out all these different kind of knives. <laughs> you're just thinking. <laughs> they're just putting the knives on the table and you're like, whoa, this guy's psychotic. You right, know? right. This is really – and that's what Nolan does best in, in all his movies. But really in this movie, the way he uh, – they define characters without – you know, we always say show us, don't tell us. Yeah, you know, it just – and, and you don't know a lot about the Joker except what he does say and what they do show you. And and I read somewhere or I watched a video somewhere where they're talking about, you know, you don't want to know that the Joker grew up, you know, got beat by his dad or, or you don't want to know that kind of stuff because any little thing like that can help you. You don't want to humanize him at all. You just want him to be this force of chaos. And I think that's what really works in this movie with him. Right. Yeah. Right. So they so, yeah, we, we get to the point where he's he's captured by the Gotham police. Um and uh, so we're going to basically be doing the the famous interrogation scene. Yes, the very famous interrogation. Oh, scene. this is so good. Where Nolan himself even says that the movie, this is the fulcrum of the movie. Right, right. Yeah, like this scene is. In fact, I read that he. This is one of the first scenes they shot, um, and that Ledger and and Bale were really excited to kind of do this really good meaty scene in the beginning of the shoot. It was a seven month shoot apparently, which was amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. So uh, let's see. Where are we at? the The scene basically starts off. Let's let's frame it a little bit. Uh, the Joker has been caught. They're in the interrogation room, and it basically starts off with a uh, commissioner. Oh no, he's not the commissioner yet, right? Yeah, no, he is. Oh, he is the commissioner. Yeah, remember he did the slow clap. Oh, that's right. Jerry did the slow clap. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so it starts off with basically the commissioner in the room and uh, talking to the Joker. They're, they're going to start the, the good cop, bad cop business. What's great is, again, I read this, uh, the room is lit naturally in terms of the only lighting that they use for the film was the overhead lights of the room. And the, there's a, like a desk, I guess a desk lamp is the best way to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what they use the light. So the entire scene... Well, at least when they shoot the Joker side of the conversation, it's black except for his white face and his makeup. Um, and the commissioner is there, and he asks him a couple of questions, and uh, the Joker kind of gives him the runaround. What I like about this scene, uh, because it is black and white, right? It it reminds me of um, you know Batman had a comic book called 
Batman Black and White. Do you remember that one? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, so that's kind of like how this, what this scene reminds me of. It's kind of has that, that noir look, that black, white, you know, it's very, very subdued colors. Uh, right. you know, obviously like it, well, the scene starts off with basically when you look at the shadows, it's pitch black shadows. You know, it's, it's not even like, mm-hmm. like a, like a dark room. It is a pitch black kind of room, you know? And, uh, and so when you see that, and, and you know when they turn the lights on, you see that big contrast with the Joker and Batman, and it's it's so w- bright it almost looks like like they're trying to like emulate like a black and white kind of comic right. book thing, you know? Yeah, it's almost it's almost it's almost jarring when that light comes on. Yeah, um, you know, but then we have one of his, uh, you know, before before the light comes on, you have you know kind of like a little tongue in cheek moment where the the commissioner uncuffs him. And says he's. Uh, I think he says he's going to get a cup of coffee or something. And mm-hmm. the Joker's like, "Oh, was this good cop, bad cop routine?" Right. And Commissioner goes, "Not exactly." <laughs> and then he <laughs> walks out the door, awesome. and, and the light comes on, and it's great because they frame it perfectly. Because now you're framed on the Joker sitting at the table, and the lights come on, and you see Batman standing behind him. Yeah. You don't even yeah. See, I, don't even, I, I don't think you see his face yet, and then you see his hand grab the Joker's head and slam it into the table. Yeah, he kind of just like um, emerges from right behind him. And for, yeah. for not, you know, for seeing for the first time, it's kind of like, what? You know, Batman, the thing was, the Batman was there the whole entire time. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's yeah. pretty neat about that scene. Right. And, and the thing is that, um, you know, you, so quickly you realize that the commissioner is like, as soon as, the, as soon as the Batman, you see the Batman. It's this is definitely goes beyond the scope of the law, you know. Mm-hmm. Like this is not something the commissioner should be a part of. But he understands the threat that is the Joker. He's killed, you know, cops up to this point. I believe he killed the judge and he killed the mayor, uh, not the mayor, the original commissioner up to this point. So um, yeah, this is one of those. It's almost a desperation thing that you know. This is our last chance to get any, any of the information out of him that we need, and I think they're looking for Harvey, right? Because Harvey, Harvey was kidnapped on the way to prison because he or whatever holding because he admitted to being Batman, um, and that was the whole plan. That's why Gordon was hiding, uh, pretending to be dead, right? So right. they could draw draw the Joker out. Uh, yeah, so you know, first thing Batman does is slams his head on the uh, on the table and. You know, Joker makes a quip about, you know, we torture someone, you don't start with the head because then they get all fuzzy and they don't feel the next hit. And then Batman, which I always I remember in the theater thinking, well, that was a weird thing to do. Mm-hmm. Like he just he just punches his hand or slams his, <laughs> slams his fist on his hand. I'm like, okay. I'm like, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm sure it hurt. It's just not something you usually see in torture movies. <laughs> <laughs> the whole you know. hand punch. Move. Yeah, so they just punched him in the hand, <laughs> and uh, and the Joker goes, "See, so it's like it didn't even register because his head was still fuzzy." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and we were talking about this before we started recording, but it was so odd seeing Batman. And I again, I read this is that he uh, Nolan over you know when they turned the lights on, he oversaturated it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I, I guess they they corrected it on on the film part of it, but you know, I think when they're filming, it was very bright, and it's just it's just weird seeing Batman that exposed in terms of lighting, you know, cause he, you know, he's got to hide in the shadows and things like that. It was weird. You know, when I was watching that scene over again and you look at, I guess like the history of who the good guy is and who the bad guy is. Right. You know, for history, 
the good guy is the guy that wore the white hat and the bad guy is the guy that wore the black hat, right? And then you see the scene, you see Batman, and it seems so weird to see him, well, in such bright light. You know, in the whole movie, you know, Batman moves in in the shadows and he's, he's got the backdrop of Gotham City. And here he looks so different. He looks so odd. You see Batman, he's, again, pitch black, black, and he looks very clean, you know, like his uniform. Everything looks so pristine. But he's the good guy. And you see right across the detriment is, is the Joker, who has the Joker look, the color, you know, but but he's the bad guy. It's such a weird dynamic between how you're supposed to interpret who the good guy is and who the bad guy is. And the Joker essentially just says, hey, man, we're the same. You know, they're, they're just using you. They're just using us. In the moment they don't need you, they're, they're, they're going to drop you, you know? It's, it's, it's a weird kind of thing that's going on where you're supposed to expect, like, you have a good guy and a bad guy. Mm-hmm. But the Joker paints the picture a little bit differently. It's like, no, 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 no. We're, we're the same, you know? Right. It's, 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 it creates a really tense scene. And there's no music in this. You know, we just no. went over Raiders of the Lost Ark. We, you know, we've, we've glowed about John Williams. This scene, I think there's, like, a little subtle... Something goes on, like maybe towards the end of this scene, you know, the, the, the frame, what we're framing right now. And it's mm-hmm. very, very subtle. But essentially, it's just pure dialogue. And because of that, man, you're so magnetized by what's being said on the screen. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think, you know, when you talk about the difference between the good, good guys and the bad guys and the white and the black, you know, uh, wearing, you know, traditional colors, I think that's also part of the scene is that, you know what? Gordon knows they're outside the law at this point. Batman obviously always operates outside the Mm -hmm, law. mm -hmm. So maybe it's not that clear cut. And they are the same. You know, the Joker definitely believes that Batman and him are the same. You know, he he literally says it. You know, I don't want to kill you. You complete me. Yes, Yes, they're one of the same. Yeah, we need each other. (laughs) Uh, and, And it's almost like. It's in a weird way. It's 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 you know he, well, you're right when he's like they're you know they're when they're done with you they're gonna throw you away and I'm here you know it's almost it's almost like leave leave your boyfriend and come with me you know <laughs> and it's 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 really really jarring because I, I and that's what makes the best villains is when you can understand their motivations or what they're saying mm-hmm. uh, I think that's what really kind of makes them great villains and the fact of the matter is that this scene. I think can only could only have been made by Nolan, Ledger, and Bale. Like mm-hmm. I don't know, you put any other guys in those costumes or or any other guy directing this mm-hmm. if you get the same intensity because he trusted that not not the other directors wouldn't, but he trusted these actors. You know, there's a reason there's no music there because he trusts these actors to do justice to the dialogue, and they do a great job with it, and they acted the crap out of this scene. Oh yeah. Um, you know, and then and then the thing is, the funny thing is, Batman again blurring the lines of good guy or bad guy is Batman is the one that's doing all the punishment. Like Joker doesn't lift a finger; mm-hmm. he takes a beating. You yeah, know, yeah. And he he even says to Batman, "He's like, there's nothing. You have no power to do anything to me, because he knows Batman won't kill, which is the one rule he wants him to break." He basically says, "He goes before this day is through, before this night is over, I'm gonna break. I'm gonna make you break your one rule." Mm-hmm. You know, which means, and he's basically saying to him, "You want to stop me? You're going to have to kill me." But that's against your rule. You can't stop me. So he, you know, Batman is the most, you know, he's got that strength in there. The cops fear him or respect him and all that. And Joker's just like, "No, nothing you can do." 
<laughs> yeah, you're bigger, you're stronger, but <clears throat> the only way you, I'm going to let you stop me is by breaking your word rule, and he won't do it. Well, this is a scene where I, I felt like the Joker was really, let's say, using his head in the sense that when you, know, when you watch the film, Batman gets what he gets because of how, well, let's say brute strength, I guess, or, or his physicality. And this is a scene where Joker basically, basically says, no, you know, what, what, you know, whatever you think makes me scared doesn't scare me. You know, mm-hmm. like your, your punching doesn't work. Right. And, and I think that's what, what I kind of like about this is the Joker is outsmarting Batman at this point. Yeah. It's almost in a weird way. It's like when a kid stands up to a bully. I'm not afraid of you. Yeah, you can't push me around anymore. I'm not afraid of you anymore. Right. I'm going to fight back. I might lose, mm-hmm. but I'm going to fight back. And uh, and and that really, as the scene goes on, it's it, what anger it, it angers, you know, Bruce or Batman, and and also obviously finding out that he also kidnapped um, Rachel. Rachel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Batman is almost in an uncontrolled fury, you know, throwing him around the room, slamming him on the table, punching him. Where are they? Ooh. Oh, yeah. That was you know? pure frustration on his part. Yeah, exactly. Slamming his head against the glass. And the jo- and the thing is, the Joker just loves it. He just laughs harder and yeah, just keeps trying to explain to, to, to Batman that, you know, this is all futile. Like. It's almost like he's trying to set him free. It's like once you get what I'm what I'm saying to you about how they're using you, how it's not worth it, mm-hmm. how the world isn't worth it, you know, you you'll understand what I'm talking about. He even says he's like, "What am I supposed to do? Go back to robbing drug dealers?" I'm like, no, like you're here, you exist, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, which I think is a lot of, you know, and they play on this in the comic books too. They're like. You know, that's a lot of responsibility for Batman to take, you know, due to, mm-hmm. you know, see, eternal question, do, do Batman's villains exist because Batman exists or is it vice versa? Right. Who knows? <laughs> you know, that's the thing is when he showed up, everybody stepped up their game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, I was reading up on uh, like the, the the music, the score on this. Uh, I think it's Hans Zimmer that did this one for Batman. Uh, I mean, The Dark Knight. And uh, they talked about like. Like how John Williams would give a character a particular theme, and with the Joker, he would use this, um, like he would, well, I don't know if he really did it, but like the sound of like glass running over like the strings of a cello, that irritating sound. And at the very end of this scene, the the you hear that like this long whining kind of sound, and what 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 one of the reviewers were saying is that it's not like and when you play it like a simple melody or a chord it's usually you know notes that kind of work together and he said with this particular one he used like the key of d mixed with a d sharp like 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 both notes at the same time but but they don't work together you know right so it it, it builds that that uneven like uneasiness i guess you know towards the end this is when batman's pummeling the joker you know mm-hmm. and they build this really strong tension the only thing that's happening on the screen is batman hitting the joker but it just seems more intense because the more batman beats him up you know he's trying to beat information out of the joker and he's just laughing in his face he goes okay you know what i'm gonna tell you where they are you know and i think i think that's something that nolan does really great in the scene is that you know yeah when when batman's punching and hitting the joker in the beginning of the scene you know 
there was one point where I think some, you know, because they're they're watching from the other side of the glass, the cops and Gordon, where some of the cops kind of were like, oh, maybe we should stop this, and Gordon like kind of like, no, no, wait, and and then there's there's that moment where even Gordon understands that Batman's lost it, that he's not acting because. You could say that that was an act, the intimidation act in the beginning. But then when he finds out about Rachel, that's when he just goes full into his rage. Yeah. And Gordon and, and look, Batman knows, too, because the first thing he does is he he blocks the door at the chair. Right. And Gordon starts going for the door. He's like, wait, oh, I got to stop this. It's <laughs> like <laughs> you a little too far. <laughs> yeah. And um, but that thing about the, the music, it makes a lot of sense because it is, you know, I mean, the Joker is chaos, but. Like I said earlier, it's really odd because it's it's the duality of, of the order in his chaos. Like he's bringing chaos to the city, but to him, it, it there's a, there's a sense to it, and he, it's you can't you know I mean planning chaos is an oxymoron, but he meticulously planned. You know, if, if you believe the dialogue in a movie, he meticulously planned everything that happened up to this point. Oh yeah, you know, you know reading the script too, it says that that chair that Batman picked up from the ground supposedly was supposedly supposed to be bolted to the floor. Oh, wow, that makes sense. Yeah, so he just picks it up and, you know, puts it against the door. But I was thinking, does that ever really work, putting a door up, like a door, uh, a chair up to a doorknob? And you yeah, got like a, you got like a, dude, they, there was like 30 cops on the other side of the room. They could kick that door down if they wanted to. I think there's, it has something to do with like forces and motions, you know, like equal and opposite reaction. Because <laughs> right, you're pushing, you're pushing against the door, which is pushing against the chair, which is pushing it to the ground. Yeah, but it was a smooth yeah. floor and you got like a smooth chair. You think you need some friction. Well, no, whatever. And the best thing is the, the scene, the, the, the Joker willingly gives up. Like he didn't even need to take the beating. He willingly gives up the location. Yeah. Because it's all part of his plan. Yeah. You know? But he wanted he wanted Batman to lose and I think that's the biggest part of the scene is the Joker knows he could manipulate Batman. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And Batman you knows know, it. That, yeah, Batman knows that too, which probably makes him even angrier. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. That that's how like the feeling I got out of this is the Joker was playing him and it was frustrating Batman. And, you know, it was just futile. I mean, Batman beating him up that wasn't going to go anywhere. Right. What right. Say? I mean, he, like I said, he was going to give him the, he was giving him the information anyway. Um, you know, a good, a good scene, a, a good part of the scene is that I think this is the first time. I mean, they're face to face in the party, you know, when he throws Rachel out the window. Oh, that was a good uh, scene. Yeah. For a little bit. But this is I mean, this is the first time you really see the two. Of them. And because of the bright lighting, you really get to see. Um, the, the two characters face off against each other, and I love that Joker's makeup is cracking and drying and, and smudge. You know what I mean? Oh, uh, yeah. It's yeah. it just really adds a lot of uh, realness, I guess, as real as something like this can, can be considered. But adds a sense of realness to what's going on, and 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 you know they have to make up a, a weird thing about him falling into the vat of ass and things like that you know what i mean the, it's you like, notice that uh, like how he keeps licking his mouth right? yeah yeah they said it's because of uh, you know the the little fake prosthesis of the scar that they put on right. his face and heath ledger ha- was like licking it to keep it wet so it would stay in place and so he just kind of added that as a joker's mannerism as like a tick yeah yeah I mean, it's great everything yeah. he does with the joker is just fantastic you know it's weird uh so on my way home from work 
you know, I, I play this scene over my, you know, just listening to it on YouTube and stuff. And, and whenever the Joker's talking, I'm thinking, is that, it's so weird to think that's Heath Ledger. Cause you know what he really sounds like. And if you just only listen to his voice as the Joker, it's a, it's a totally different person. Yeah. Sound wise and, and mannerisms. And it's, uh, what's great about the voice is it's, it's not something you can place. There's no particular accent to it. There's, it's just a creepy voice. You know? <laughs> um, yeah, it's just, and you know, what's, you know what I realized rewatching it is that when I saw it the first time in the theaters, you know, the thing like that when the pencil and when he kills Gamble, um, I, I remember flinching at those scenes, you know, mm-hmm. but Nolan shows none of that. You know what I mean? He doesn't show it. And I'm like, that's some good work. And that, you know, he got me to flinch when yeah. he doesn't, you know, he goes, I'll, you know, I'll, you know, I'll make his pencil disappear. You don't see the pencil. You don't even see the guy, the guys, he slams the guy's head out of the frame of the scene of the camera. Yeah. So you don't see the, the, the pencil impacting him or, or you don't see any of that, <laughs> but it, it's so good. You, you know, I flinch. And then when he kills uh, Gamble, when he's got the, the knife in his, uh, in his mouth, telling like the third story, third different way, he he got the scars. That's the whole why so serious. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he obviously kills them, but they don't show any of it. And I'm like, oh, I flinched. I was like, oh, because I thought they were going to show him cutting his face up or something, but they don't. And it's just it's those subtle things that I think really um, maybe he did it because he wanted a better rating. You know, he didn't want to show his true violence, or or maybe he did it because he knew it. it it's always kind of that unseen thing. I think it was a. Uh, What's that guy saying? The guy uh, Alfred Hitchcock was always like, you know, what they don't see is is can sometimes be worse than what they do say. Oh no, I I mean this is this is Chris Nolan. I totally believe what he did was very purposeful, very purposeful. You know, to to not show that and to create that that bad scene in your brain without having to see it. That's what makes it yeah. so good. We don't need to be spoon fed all the time. It, it almost takes no. the fun out of it, and it doesn't make an impression on you. You know, with his style, it makes an impression on you because your brain saw that pencil go in his head, you know? It, it yeah. was created in your brain, so it, it has a more distinct feel to you. Well, you were going back to the interrogation scene. It's such a great scene, and it's done with, I'm pretty sure, no special effects. I can't think of any kind of special effect that would be involved in that scene. Um, again, it's just good acting, just good acting. directing, exactly. good writing. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the, even the room is like, it's so immersive. Like the whole scene is so immersive. You really kind of get lost in it because, you know, the room is all tiles, some kind of weird green, you know, with the light, it's like a greenish hue to it. Um, I've never been into a police interrogation room, but it's, it's certainly um, something you would think it would look like. You know, it's not the cleaned up polished ones you see on like SC, uh, SVU, SVU, SVU. Mm-hmm. That's whatever, <laughs> SVU <laughs> or right. CSI, but yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, it's just it's it's this tile everywhere. The light is so bright; it really gives that that feel of, of it, like a small, like you're in an enclosed room, small room. Just has almost a claustrophobic feel to it. It's just a great job. Yeah, great I love job. that one light overhead because it casts that shadow over Batman's eyes. Oh yeah, yeah. It's 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 done so well. But I will say this: I'm watching the video again. Batman does look a little weird. <laughs> I don't know if it's yeah. the, the lighting or the mask. It, it, he does look. He he he's better in the shadows. <laughs> I never liked his mask. I think it didn't show enough of his bottom 
chin area. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It is kind of bulky, but at least he was able to turn his head and move, unlike uh, right. Michael Keaton's uh, outfit. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like a mannequin. And you know what's great about the scene is he Ledger is having such a good time with it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying he didn't, he didn't work hard, but I'm saying it comes off as he's just enjoying what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. Well, you took it a little too far. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. Poor guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what, what did Heath Ledger do bi- that was big before this? Do you know? I'll have to look up his um, IMDb. He was in uh, Ten Things. Ten Things I Hate About You and Night's Tale. Yeah, such an interesting uh, choice. Broke back. Oh, was that, was that before Batman? Oh, well, after. Yeah, be, Batman was the last one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what an interesting choice to to pick him. You know, I'm not gonna say he's an unknown unknown, but you know, I mean, you, you compare when they pick Jack Nicholson to play the role. He was, you know, the it guy. You know, well known, yeah. well established. And you get Heath Ledger. Uh, I mean, brilliant casting. Yeah, and he was another one where, kind of like when Keaton was announced, people were like, what? How's he going to be bad? And that's Mr. Mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, people were up in arms about uh, Heath Ledger, I believe, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he... Nailed it. Stole the show, yeah. Absolutely. He won, didn't he win, like, Best Supporting Actor for this one, too? Yeah, yeah. posthumously, too. Yeah, yeah. His, uh, his family accepted for him. Awesome. Um, and he deserved it. It wasn't a, a pity award, you oh. know? Right, right. He definitely deserved. I don't know. I don't remember who he ran against, but uh, you know, right. He definitely deserved it. But um, it's good. it is a great scene. Yeah, it's it's really good. See, and the, the the thing is, as you watch the movie and you see the scene, and he talks about how people are only as good as you allow them to be, and that was his whole point. Like when given the opportunity, people are gonna succumb to their baser instincts, which is his whole you know thing at the end with the fairies. You know, the the, the fairy full of convicts and the ferry full of innocent people mm-hmm. and they, they each have the ability to blow each other up to survive you know he really thought it'd go the other way and he thought he could get batman to kill him and and it's in this movie and i think this is why nolan calls this the fulcrum i think this is the scene where the joker gets most of the audience on his side hmm. you know we're like oh man he might be right like people are only as good as we allow you know as they're allowed to be and 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 I think that ramps up the tension, and that pays off much later when that ramps up the tension because I really thought those comics were going to blow up that other boat. <laughs> you know? And then you wonder, is this? The, and then at the end, you wonder, is this is this the Batman that kills? Is he going to kill the Joker? You know? Yeah. Because Ra's al Ghul died. Although that was a little, I won't kill you, but I don't have to save you. I'm like, yeah, it's kind of the same thing there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with Ra's al Ghul, but you know, he gets around it. Yeah, it's such a good movie. I remember like leaving this movie and I was blown away. I mean, of all the Batman films, or even let's say, let's say at the time of Superman films, superhero films at the time, I remember walking away like, holy crap, that was so good. Like, it's so intense. Like, that little scene with the boats, like you mentioned earlier, you know, this whole movie is such, it was so well done. And I remember this is, this is like a three plus hour movie, isn't it? No, I don't think it got three hours. No, I thought. Oh, I mean, oh no, here you go. Two and a half hours. Yeah, really good film. Such a, such a quality film for two thousand. We didn't even mention Two Face. You know what I mean? No, oh, yeah, it's yeah. Just, I, I, the whole thing with the hospital, and it's just it's just scene after scene of action. It was really, really incredible. I mean, you go from you go from the car chase to the interrogation scene to the trying to save 
Harvey and Rachel to, uh, you know, what comes after that? Is that the hospital scene, I believe, when, when he blows up the hospital? Mm-hmm. It's just boom, 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 boom. It's like you don't have time to take a breath. Yeah, it's a good film. It's solid. Yeah, I don't know what it was about 2008, but that's, you know, when people look back, they're going to say 2008 is when the comic book movie matured. Hmm. You know, because you had you had Iron Man earlier, like in May, I believe, of 2008, and they had The Dark Knight in July of 2008. Right. And if you ignore Hancock, which we will. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Um, oh, you know what else came out in 2008? Crystal Skull. I did, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hellboy, The Golden Army. Hellboy 2. That was a good movie. Incredible Hulk came out in 2008. Yeah, wait. Wanted came out in 2008. Wow. Yeah, a lot of comic book movies came out. I'm kidding. So, uh, yeah, but between Iron Man and Dark Knight, it definitely, definitely turned, you know. Yeah, so, yeah I think that's definitely when uh, when comics took a mature turn. Comic mm-hmm. movies took a mature turn. Yeah. The funny thing is, 10 years later, we're still talking about Iron Man and, and Marvel. And, uh, yeah, DC just going to capitalize on it. Right. Well, they'll have their turn. It'll happen. Oh, I, you know, I don't my... know. I don't know. Let's I think this, the, I the, said, the bubble's going to burst. Or it's bursted. I think I think a lot of people are done with Marvel, but that's a whole other story. Not done, done. Like they'll go see them, but I don't think they're going to get the same attendance they got last time. I, I think that's the problem with Endgame feeling like a finale. You know what I mean? It did. Like, okay. So. No, I agree with you because when you look at the the core characters, Cap, Iron Man, Hulk, Thor, they were the, those movies were created with the love and hearts of the comic book fan, and but, it, it seems like these movies coming forward. I don't think they're going to go down that route. It almost seems like I, I don't want to say this, but it feels like it that everything's a little bit more politically driven, or what's going on with society, things like that. You know, I don't know if it, what, what's going to happen next with the Marvel movies, but I could definitely tell you that our first, well, the last ten years we went through Marvel movies, it was definitely at the heart of the core of the fan, like the real comic book fan, and and right. then and the comic book fan grew. You know, but uh, beyond this, I'm not too sure. Listen, they're picking up a lot of characters. I don't know, we're way off topic, but they're picking a lot of characters that it doesn't make any sense to me. The Eternals, you know, I mean, there are a yeah. lot well, that's, of that's great the thing Marvel about characters. Marvel is, uh-huh. You you get past you know Marvel's ten to twenty A-listers. There's a significant drop off, and I think I think that's where DC has them. Like D- DC has such a wealth of characters. Marvel has a lot of characters, but there's there's a huge. What do you mean talking about wealth of characters? And the last DC movies I can count on, on on one hand: Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. Boom. No, I meant the comic books. Oh, comic books. Oh, okay, I see what you mean. So I, I'm just saying, you know, Shang Chi and I don't know what's going to happen. Stretch. <laughs> we'll see. Anyway, so yeah, getting back to Dark Knight. It's almost like oh, let me ask you this: Do you do you think I said earlier? I don't know that Christian Bale could have been a Batman in a like a like a superhero movie. Do you think that's true? Or you think he could have held, you know, stood next to Gal Gadot and whoever they need for Superman? And stuff uh, like that? I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm not saying I'm, a, I'm not a lover of Christian Bale, but he is a good actor. I, I do like him as mm-hmm. an actor. Um, I, I think he could have pulled off anything you put in front of him. Really, uh, I, I th- yeah, I, I think having him square off against Heath Ledger, there's a reason why this movie works. I mean, beyond beyond the director, beyond the script. I mean, he, he sold it. He really, really did. I mean, like you said, like we went through George Clooney, Val Kilmer. You, you don't; those guys don't come into the conversation as to who a good Batman is. You know, right? And and I think if you if you if he, if Bale was to play that role that Ben Affleck did today, 
don't know. I don't know. Stature wise against um, against uh, Cavill. Cavill. You know that he's a big dude. That guy. Oh, yeah. He's a really big dude. But I mean, he yeah. sold it. I mean, I, I I can definitely say if you, if I had to pick a Batman that can personify both roles of, of Bruce Wayne and Batman, I think Christian Bale does service to both those characters. Not one better than the other. I think he does well in both characters. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. I think he's probably the most well-rounded. Right, right. Uh, Of them. Yeah. Now, you know, Dark Knight Rises, or whatever they were going to call the third one, I believe the Joker was supposed to come back for the third Batman movie. No, really? Um, What? Yeah, I think so. No. Yeah. He doesn't die in Batman. He doesn't die in the Dark Knight. No, really? Okay, I don't remember. You don't remember? He was hung uh, upside down. Uh, that's, that's the last thought I remember of him. Yeah, well, Batman, remember, he's not a killer, so he just arrested him. Uh, yeah, and all his plans fall apart because he was expecting, he was expecting a, fur, a ferry to blow up, and that didn't mm-hmm. happen. So they're supposed to bring his character back instead of Bane? I, I, I believe so. Well, I don't know if they're going to have them both, or, but I'm pretty sure Heath Ledger was supposed to come back in some capacity. Oh, wow. That would have been amazing. Yeah, but... You know, maybe we think he's such a great Joker because we didn't, he didn't have a second chance to mess mm, up. Or, you right. know what I mean? Any final thoughts? Yeah, go watch The Dark Knight. It's awesome. <laughs> it's <laughs> now, it's just, you know, Heath Ledger, it's a performance of the ages. Right. It really is. I mean, it's rare when I when an actor wins an award. I'm like, oh, yeah, they definitely deserve that. Me, this is just my opinion. But, um, yeah, he definitely deserved that. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Definitely, definitely one of the, the top. Geez, like if you had to look at the whole realm of comic book films, Dark Knight's got to be. It's up there. It's got to be top five of like of all time of superhero films. It's right? definitely top five. Yeah. And the thing is, it's such a. It kind of needs its own category because it, it, it's more like Infinity War, Endgame. Those are superhero movies. I don't know that you could call it Dark Knight. Well, no, I agree with you. The Dark Knight, I think the reason why it's so good because it doesn't have that superhero thing. And I think this is the reason why um, Winter Soldier works, too. You know, Winter Soldier, they don't put on the costume until, like, the last 20 minutes of the movie, you know? Before that, it becomes a spy thriller. Yeah, and no, I think right. That's why I think it works pretty well. And it's, 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 of all the Marvel films, it's, again, Winter Soldier, maybe top five amongst all the Marvel films, easily. Or for some, even, it's, like, the top. Dude, I love Winter Soldier. Yeah, it's, for me, it's I my watch, top. <laughs> I, yeah, me too. I can watch that <laughs> any time. I think awesome. Infinity will be second. But yeah, Dark. Yeah, you got to give it to the Dark Knight. It's way up there. It's way up there. Yeah. All right, Jonathan, we got some uh, thank yous to put out here. We have here Podcaster Amara. Thank you for following. She's a podcaster, obviously. And uh, today, Gorehound underscore Mike. Uh, apparently a friend of Family Heart Fun Food, I think. Oh, nice. There you go. That's Jason from Jason's or you and stomach. You and stomach. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, what's, Oh, I was going to ask you something about mom's basement collectibles. Do you, have yes. you been running themes for the week? Cause I know you started off like this, for this week, it was going to be this kind of theme. And then, you know, are you doing that still or no more? Uh, not recently, just because I've been scrambling in the morning to get it up. So I just kind of grab it. <laughs> I thought a cool thing for you. I was thinking about this morning that you should have a theme. And by Friday, you have to get people to guess what the theme is. Oh, that's a good idea. Maybe I'll bring them back. There you uh, go. I mean, I have something. Yeah, I kind of have something planned for 
Halloween, but we'll say that week. But, oh. That's um, not a big deal. <laughs> yeah, get, 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 put a theme up and yeah. see if we can guess by the end of the week what the theme is. Okay. Isn't that cute? Uh, <laughs> but, but I did add a, uh, you know, I had the special, my 100th post oh. was uh, my first appearance in Nightwing. Which I'm debating if I should get signed. I'm going to Baltimore Comic Con in a couple of weeks, Mm -hmm. and uh, Marv Wolfman's going to be there, and he wrote Tales of the T Titans 44. I'm trying to decide if I should get signed. I mean, an autograph doesn't devalue a comic, does it? Uh, You're asking the wrong person, dude. I thought it. I thought it went up. You would think so, but then people are weird about mid comics. Well, I mean, this is not like oh, first appearance of Nightwing. Hmm. Yeah, it's not it's not Dick Grayson's first appearance. Obviously, that was like nineteen forty something. But mm-hmm. you know, it's in, it's in disco Nightwing costume and everything. Well, okay. Mm-hmm. I, I, I say get it signed, dude. Yeah, I'm also getting my. But uh, you're not going to sell it, are you? Cover. No. All right, you can no, that's sign. True too. Yeah, do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get my uh, I have my Kingdom Come hardcover, which I told you I found, yeah. signed by Alex Ross back in two thousand three. And I'm finally going to get it signed by Mark Wade because he'll be at Baltimore Comic Con also. Wow. So I'll have them both in my King Come hardcover. Boom. That hardcover is cool. Which is, that's a great story, man. It I is. wish they'd make that a movie. They should make that an animated movie at the very least. Oh, a movie would be great. Although, did you see they're doing, uh, you know, the CW DC shows do crossovers every year, and this year's crossover is Crisis on Infinite Earths. Did you see this? Yeah. So they're putting Brandon Routh back in the Superman costume, but they aged him, and he's in the Kingdom Come costume. He looks, looks he looks really good. He does. Yeah, he does. Which was weird because I thought they would because Tom Welling's coming back, and I thought they'd put him in it. They make him the Kingdom Come, but oh. I don't know if Tom Welling's I don't know if Tom Welling's going to put a Superman suit on or not. Oh, I heard that that he would. Oh, well, that's oh, great. that'd be cool if he plays the Christopher Reeve Superman. I don't know. Who knows? Oh no! This is this is going to be a. You might have to watch this. This is going to be a crossover because I think they're pulling. They're bringing back like anybody. They're, they're doing a pretty decent job of bringing back anybody that's ever been at least on TV a superhero. Dean Kane. No, you know he was a super. He he was on Supergirl the first season oh, playing. Right? Yeah. So I don't know why they wouldn't bring him back. Maybe they'll surprise us with him. But that'd be amazing. I'm shocked they got Tom Welling. I got to be honest with you. Really? He's not doing anything. Yeah. No, but he he really kind of walked away from that whole thing. Or the uh, the remember a while back in the I think it was the '90s he had a Superboy TV show too. I'm sure he's yeah. Still I don't know about him. Uh, he might be right. Yeah. All right. Cool. We'll, we'll see. But still, no Batman. It's just the funny thing about this. No matter how good this crisis is, there's no Batman. There's there, you know Batwoman's premiering this Sunday, but. You know, I mean, I don't just put Batman on TV already. What are they doing? <laughs> I don't get it. I just don't get it. On Dr. Indiana Jones, Jonathan, I am approaching no ticket scene. So stay tuned for oh, that. Okay. One. Yeah, and I got a special surprise. If, if you're a follower of the Dr. Indiana Jones account, I got a big surprise dropping next week. So tune in for that. Oh. Oh. Uh, we are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Check out Nerd to Me Podcast. Yeah. Uh, you can email us at nerdtomepodcast at gmail.com. Rate and review on iTunes. It's very, very helpful. That's yes, all. and uh, I finally got my new Nightwing statue, and so I have to make the video for YouTube. Nice. My three statue. Excellent. 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 Till next time. Oh, 
I'm right. sorry. So, uh, yeah, let us know um, what you think of our segment, what we should call it. Uh, I wish we didn't talk about it before, and this would be a good time to announce our next scene, but we didn't figure one out yet. So, <laughs> <laughs> we'll skip it. Keep yeah. listening to our shows, and we'll let you know. There you go. All right. <laughs> Till next time. Martha. Peace. Peace.